This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Continuing the, the message this morning, each one reach one. And how many has the Lord spoken to already through this series? Has the Lord spoken to your heart and you looking for opportunities and being more sensitive to people around you? Well, I want to, uh, I'm going to answer a question or ask you a question. Who are you in line for? And I'm going to explain this, and uh, hopefully by the time I get to the end of this, it'll make some sense to you. But uh, probably about three or four weeks ago, I was at uh, Academy Sports. Uh, everybody know the store? A few of you do. And... Uh, it was one of those situations, and it seems to happen to me a lot. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, you see a line, it's shorter than the other lines, and this is one of those days I'm in a hurry, make a beeline straight for this short, you know, this is great. I'm looking to the side, make sure I don't cut anybody off. I am trying to cut some, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Zip in there, there's just two people in front of me, the rest of the lines are full. They had two other lines open up, and uh, they were full, so I'm in there, and then you start to figure it out, the reason that line's so short. Anybody ever been there? I mean, this line is short for a reason. It's a stalemate. This thing is stuck, and it's a mom up there has two of her kids, and she's got uh, some toys, something she's trying to return back, you know, for her kids. Her kids are running around and, you know, she's trying to do this and the, the lady trying to help her. And I happened to catch up at the top, uh, the lady behind me who had gotten in line goes, oh, it says customer service. Oh, we're in the customer service, but you can check out there. So, Okay. And this thing's going for a while. And then you start to look out the lay of the land, you know. Well, if I go over there, and I don't know if this has happened to you. I've been burnt by leaving the one I'm at going over there. And go, what the deal? You know, it moves on through. So I'm very hesitant about moving for, from where I'm at, being burnt enough times to think, well, maybe I'll just wait it out. And then it hit a point that obviously there's a problem when she makes some, some calls and manager comes over and the manager's shaking his head and going, this is going nowhere. And I'm starting to eye, look, look around. I see a guy who, who looks like he had, I don't know if he was assistant manager or he may have been the manager. I'm kind of eyeing him, you know. I'm speaking to him through my eyes. Open another line. We're, and he, he kind of glanced and looked away, and I, I'm like this, you know, <laughs> looking, and I thought, I, I couldn't tell, I thought he had gone to the side of one of these, I couldn't make it out, it looks like he was opening up a new, a new line, and I couldn't tell for sure because of the, the angle, and um, and then I saw the little light. I said, oh, he's opening the line. And uh, the lady behind me, she goes, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. 
and there comes somebody runs over there, and there's one there, so I make a beeline. And I'm over there, and it's open, and I'm waving back to the people that were back behind me now. Hey! <laughs> and they, they come running over. I became a hero for, for a couple minutes in my own mind. Anyway, anyway, we get through through the line. And this lady who was going through this, returning these, and, and it turned out she was returning some stuff and making a new purchase. She was there. She was in line for her kids. It was no benefit to her. She was not going to take these little toys, wherever this was, it was for kids. She, she, it was no benefit for her. It was for her children. So she was in line for her children. She was there for their benefit. It was a, a sacrifice. It was an inconvenience to her and everyone who was behind her. But she was doing it because she loved her children. And I think we've all been at that point before where we've been in line. If you have children, you've been in line for something that is for their benefit. I mean, I can remember staying in line for something that I knew was, uh, it was fake. It was not real. I knew the man behind that white beard that was a fake white beard. I knew his home was not the North Pole. Yet, you're in this long line. Why? It wasn't for your benefit. It's for your children to bring their dream to pass, to, to bring uh, some pleasure to them. You're in this line. But we don't like lines. We don't like to line up for tickets, concerts. We don't like to um, be in. Have you ever been in the automated phone line? That's one of the worst lines there is. It's almost worse than a traffic line. And you can get in a loop on that thing. You just stay on the line. And you haven't talked to anyone but robots you know, or a computer somewhere. And you just, you're just stuck. And we just don't like waiting. We don't like being in lines. We try to avoid them. And how many have ever been to Disney World? The happiest place on earth. Long lines, lines that wrap around. <laughs> but you know, they have two lines in Disney World. One of the lines is called the single rider line. And what this is, you can dump your family, ditch your family. <laughs> you can ditch your team and get in this single rider line, and you can go much quicker because they'll just fit you in. You're, you're gone, and you can get the thrill, and it's for your benefit only. You're in line for yourself. But sometimes that concept has crept into the church that we think it's better to be the single rider that I'm just out for my own benefit. I'm just in line for myself. I'm just out to see how quick I can get this, and it becomes a selfish thing, or uh, it becomes a, a thing that's coming to the church because of impatience, immaturity, because uh, we want it now and we're not thinking about others. It's really a, a selfish place. So my question to you is, 
Who are you in line for? Let me say this. As the church, we're to be in line for somebody else. The single rider concept is not a part of a mission-minded church. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 29, it says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed on the hill and sat down, and a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them. I want you to see here, it's interesting. I don't know if you thought about this, but it says uh, people brought these people, the, the lame, the blind, the crippled, the sick, people brought them to Jesus. They, they were in line to see Jesus, but they brought people with them. Can you, it's kind of like Joe who lives, your friend that lives down the road, he can't get to church, maybe needs help getting there, and you go get him. These people had no way... They couldn't get there on their own. There's people in your world, in your life, that can't get to Jesus on their own. They need your help. They need your influence. They need your love. They need your words. They need you maybe to pick them up and bring them to church. They need you. And that's what these people were doing. These people that were blind and lame and crippled, they were being brought to Jesus. And Jesus healed them. Jesus ministered to them. That's what church service is about. It's an opportunity for you to bring people to Jesus. When you invite someone to church, you're inviting them to hear the gospel. When you invite them, if they don't have Jesus, they're crippled. In some place in their life, we know in their heart they're crippled. Lame, blind, that everyone has a need for Jesus. If there's a person who doesn't have a church home, the Bible says we're to be planted, connected to a church family. It says that Jesus will leave the flock to go gather one and bring them into the flock, into the church, into the house, into the home, into the family. So we are the ones that line up for someone else. It's for their benefit. How many times have you ministered to a new Christian and they tell you a revelation and maybe it's a revelation that you got 15 years ago. But what do you do? For their benefit, you get excited about the revelation and you don't tell them, oh, poor little disciple you. I knew that 15 years ago. Oh, no, you get excited. Why? Because if you get excited about the revelation, the freshness of that thing that you got 15 years ago will overtake you and God to speak to you again in that revelation that you had back then. Why? It's because of their benefit. It's because you love them. If there's a seat next to you empty, you're supposed to fill it. Bring the lost to church. Bring people to church. Esther was in line for her generation. David was in line for those around him that were being bullied. That they needed someone to stand up against this giant, against this bully. And David did. There was a boy who had his lunch. 
and for the benefit of others to be fed, gave his lunch to Jesus to feed the multitude. Why? It was for the benefit of others. If you're a leader here, who are you in line for? If you're a believer here, who are you in line for? Three callings of a mission-minded church. Number one, we are called to start new lines. We're called to start new lines. And you can look at the need in your world. People will come across your path and there will be things that you experienced in your own life that you've overcome. That is God telling you, start a new line for them. Minister to them. Line up and bring them to Jesus. Because you have a place of connection with them to bring them to Jesus. Maybe you need to start a, a small group. Or maybe you just need to get involved in your small group and start a new line, a new channel, a new path to Jesus and bring people in to the family. Maybe you need to mentor someone, reach out to others. Because you open a new line, more people will be ministered to. More people will be served. More people will experience the love and the mercy and the grace of God and their life can be impacted and changed because you open the new line. You open the way, a path to Jesus. Look for the need. And that, that could be your cue. And you can ask the Lord if that's the new line you're to open we're called to reach your Jerusalem. We talked about Jerusalem's, your, your world, your everyday life. That's your calling. That's your mission to reach them. Invite people to church. A great line there. Bring them to church. Next, your testimony. We have testimonies. We had four people healed last week during service. We have missed, and, uh, and the Lord told me to stop saying we missed, testimonies, because I realized, and I had to repent, I've been saying that for a while, we miss so many testimonies, because people tell me I can't remember them all, and, or I'll say, let's make a video, and I understand people don't want to make a video, say it, try it down, we all, it just, it doesn't happen, we're going to record your voice maybe, we're going to do something, but the Lord spoke to me while studying for this, and he said, testimonies is forms a new line because when people hear a testimony it opens up a channel of faith to receive the grace of God because they know that person that shared that testimony and they think if God did it for them they'll do he'll do it for me and testimonies are powerful and what I want you to do if God has ministered to you healed you whatever it is I want you to write down, and we're going to get them. We'll put them on a website, wherever, because those testimonies minister to people, and you open up a line, a pathway for people to come to Jesus. Now, we start a new line, but you need to finish it, and there's a test of faith that comes when you open that line. Well, there's, it's more work than I thought. I'm going to feed the homeless. Well, it, it was more work than I thought. I need to stop. God just spoke it last week, but this week he said, don't do it. Anybody been there? 
Oh, it just, it doesn't look the way, it doesn't feel the way that I thought it would. It's a whole lot more sacrifice. Where's the glamour? It's not glamorous. When I saw it on TV, what that person was doing in that other city, it was so glamorous. Now I find that it's just a lot of hard work. It's inconvenient. <laughs> Welcome to ministry. <laughs> it's an opportunity for opposition when you open a new line. The enemy doesn't like it. Matthew 15, 22, a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Now see here, what is it? She is in line for her daughter. Verse 23, but Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Wow, what a, what a statement. He's saying, this isn't my, my mission, really. This isn't my primary calling. My primary calling, the reason I'm here, is to reach Israel. It's to minister to them. Can you imagine how this woman must have felt here it is, her, her daughter's being tormented, and she comes to Jesus, and Jesus said, well, that's not my mission. That's not the line I have. That's not the lineup I have right here. She could have complained. She could have got upset. She could have stomped her foot. She could have spun around. She could have done a lot of things. She could have quit and just given up. And that's what happens. Opposition or uh, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Many people just leave. Verse 25, but she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Oh, great. It just gets better, doesn't it? Verse 27, she replied, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Wow, she refused to be offended. She refused to give up. She refused to let go of her faith and her belief. She refused to let go. She was going to fight for this. And, and Jesus said, that's it. We're opening the new line. Come right this way. Verse 28, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Jesus started a new line. Some of you, your life is boring as a believer. You've been a believer for a long time. But it says there reaches a point, you should be teaching others. You should be ministering to others. You're in a line by yourself being a single rider, and you, the thrill is gone. You can ride that roller coaster just so long. It has some ups and downs, but it's no fun when you're by yourself. You're called to be in line with someone else, for someone else, for their benefit, to bring them to Jesus. And you know what happens? The thrill is back. The joy is back when you help someone else, when you love on someone else. When you see that person grow, when you see that person experience the love of Christ, it tugs on your heart. And what happens? Thanksgiving to God. Praise to God. 
and worship of him. Maybe you need to join a new team. Maybe you need to start a new line. Number two, we're called to stay in line. It could be that the Lord's telling you to stay in the line that you're in. You could be going through marriage trouble. My word to you is stay in line. Stay in line. Don't leave. Maybe you're ready to kill your teenager. Stay in line. Stay in line. It will pass. It will. (laughs) Maybe the church is not meeting my needs. Stay in line. Don't run just because you're dealing with flesh and you can make some dumb decisions when you're just going with the flesh. The Lord says stay in line. And I got down here, football team, it doesn't fit the Tigers. We're winning all the time now. It's just... But if you're a Tennessee fan or Ole Miss fan, you've had a rough year. And do you just say, well, forget that team. I'll never watch them again. It, it's over. And if you're a Memphis Tiger fan, you had years of that opportunity. But what do you do? Because you're a fan, no, I'm going to stick with my team. I'm going to stick with them. Even though it's going bad, even though it doesn't look so good, I'm sticking with my team. And you cheer them on. You support them. You go go through. The Grizz, they're doing pretty good. But what the Grizzlies were just tanking and going bad. Well, forget those Grizz. They're just... They've gone to the bears, <laughs> the dogs. They're just terrible. Forget them. No, you stick with them. You stay with them. Now, if you'll do that for overpaid athletes, will you do it for the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you stick with His church? Will you stand strong in Him? How about young people? Young people stay in line. The world is screaming out there, stay in line. Stay with the church. Stay with the Lord. Stick with Him. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed Him, for they were all waiting for Him. They were lined up waiting for Him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As he went, the multitude thronged him. Now, get the, the picture here. He's explaining, I've been waiting and waiting, and I'm in line because of my daughter. 12 years old. She's dying. And something happened that's one of the most annoying things that, that we have to deal with. It's called a line jumper. Have you ever experienced a line jumper? Everybody wants to talk about the line jumper. You know the one. Sneaks in, acts like they're oblivious to everything else that's going on. And they jump the line. You know, the ones that 
the Johnny-come-lately. It seems like, you know, they start giving. You've been giving for years and, and standing, and, and God gives them a financial miracle. You sing better than they sing, but all of a sudden, they're singing solos. And the pastor makes them, it's like they're best buddies. The line jumper. And we have to deal with those line jumpers. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond? It says in verse 43, Now a woman having the flow of love for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. Immediately her flow of blood stopped, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out of me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Can you imagine how Jairus felt? I mean, here he is. He's talking to Jesus. He's saying the reason I'm here in line my daughter is dying, and here comes a line jumper. Nobody saw her because she crawled in. And she reaches up and touches Jesus. And Jesus turns. His attention is taken off Jairus, and he turns and faces this woman. And this woman is healed. Well, that's, that's bad in itself, but let me read to you what happens. Verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. So in the midst of this, he gets the news. How many know the enemy knows when to whisper to you? Maybe you tired, weary, maybe things aren't going your way. It seems like your prayers are not going the way you want them to go. It seems like thinking Jesus has turned my back. Maybe he's dealing with someone else and things aren't going the way it should be. And here comes the enemy and he says, quit, give up, just walk off, just leave. It's over. It's too late. Forget it. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And Jesus responds back to him. He says, don't be afraid. Only believe. And your daughter will be healed. Don't leave the line, Jairus. Don't go. Don't leave. Stay in line and believe. And she will be healed. Stay in line. Don't let this line jumper bring offense don't let unforgiveness or bitterness enter your life. Stay in line. 
from Jesus' perspective, think about this, Jairus. His perspective is, I'm in line for my daughter, 12 years old, on the deathbed. But Jesus saw a woman who no one brought her. She crawled and made her way in. And the Bible says for 12 years, she had been bent over, been crippled in pain. And Jesus ministered. But here's the thing. Jesus' ministry knows no limits. When one gets blessed, it doesn't stop your blessing because he's more than enough. We just have to stay in line. But it will be tested. You staying in line will be tested. Opposition will come. All this, there's this uh, new church down the road, you know, they have the light machines, they have the rodeo. <laughs> you can ride the ponies after church. It's awesome. Stay in line. Well, they say if you go down there and you can jump on the horse, you can get promoted quicker. <laughs> Stay in line. God will bless you where you're at. Listen to Him. And number three, last point, we're called to get people across the line. We're called to get people across the line. In the book of John, there's a story about a man who's sitting by a pool of water that the angels will come and stir the water. And whoever gets into the water, they receive a miracle. And Jesus comes up upon this man and he says, what do you want? And he starts to say, there's no one to put me in. There's no one. I have to be carried into the water. And that's not what Jesus was asking, but that was his reply. For 38 years, this man had been crippled. 38 years. And he's saying, there's no one. It's like I'm invisible. Everyone's busy about their own needs. Everyone's busy about what they're trying to get for themselves and I just don't exist. I'm just invisible. There's no one to put me in. 38 years. And Jesus listens to this and He says, look, I'm going to take you across the line. I'm going to take you across. Get up. Stand up and go home. You're healed. But Jesus finds this man a little later on. And he said, there's one other thing I need to tell you. He said, sin no more unless a worse thing come upon you. Why do you do that? Because Jesus not only wants you to cross the line, he wants you to stay across. He doesn't want you going back into the same line you were supposed to be already promoted from. So he said, what well, he's saying, I want you to live for me. I want you to be devoted to God. And see, so we have that uh, today. We have that in people's lives that they, they'll cross the line, but they'll, they'll go back. Your marriage is in crisis. And, but here's the thing, it was in crisis three months ago and a year ago. And all you do is you come down for prayer, you get prayed for, but that's not enough in itself. You have to do some things to cross the, over that line. 
you have to get some counseling. You have to invest in your marriage. You have to say, sorry, I forgive you. Forgive me. You have to change your language. You have to make some decisions. You have to have some follow-through. You have to do these things, and God will work with you, and He'll restore that marriage. He will cause it to the joy of the marriage to be restored, even as it was in the beginning, because you return back to the things you did in the beginning. And you refuse to speak critically of your spouse. You speak blessing. Here's one that many people say, though. Well, everything's okay. I don't need all that. Things will get better. You know what you did? You just went right back into the same old line that you were in, waiting on the next disaster. Because you've got to cross over and stay over to fulfill the destiny, to move forward in what God has for your life. You've got to move across that line. Or maybe you've been depressed, and you've been depressed for years, and you receive prayer. That's great. But you've got to change your thinking You've got to change your thoughts. You've got to get the scriptures of God on the inside of you. You've got to meditate on God's word and God's love to get inside of you that you're secure in who you are in him, your identity, and you start thinking different. Maybe you need to go to the doctor. Maybe you need to get your hormones checked. Maybe you need to change your medication. Maybe you need some new friends. Maybe you need to turn off that as the world, the stomach turns. Maybe you need to look at some things and see some things differently. It's not undefeatable. It is defeatable in Christ. But you have to take responsibility to work with God. We're co-laborers. You're not a single rider even in those things. You're connected to the Spirit of God. And you're connected to other people who love you and will hold you accountable and help you walk through those things. But this thing, I'm embarrassed, has to be thrown away because we all have embarrassing places. And we're not to judge others, we're to love each other. And I'm not saying you go around and confess all your stuff to everyone. I'm talking about a couple, one or two people. So my question for you is who are you in line for? It'll change the reason you go to church. It will change the reason that you study the Word of God. You don't just get in the Bible for yourself. When you get this, this mindset in you, you're in the Word of God not only for you, but for others, for their benefit. I go to church not only for myself, but for others to minister to them. Because every time someone comes, a, a greeter greets someone, they're in line for that person, their benefit. Every time you love on someone, you're in line for them. You're paying the price. Is it convenient? No. Is it convenient when your baby wakes you up in the middle of the night? No. But you do it. 
You take care of business. Well, we take care of business for God, His business. But the truth is, the body of Christ has been a single rider. We've been absorbed in what can we get for ourselves. I want to be blessed. I, 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 I want this. I want this. Oh, my church didn't meet my needs. Well, maybe you need to get out of the pampers and get off of the milk and the baby food and realize you're depressed and passionless because God is saying, grow up. Do something for me. Touch somebody for me. Impact somebody for me. Because the days are short. And we have a job to do. And God said the harvest is ripe. And God has chosen us to represent him. And we're going to get them. But see, we're coming to a moment in the service where many people in many churches, not so much here, but people like to run out. But see, this is someone's moment. We're about to enter and you say, well, I'm fine. I'm saved. I'm good. I can just leave. But no, stay in line for someone else because they need your prayers and they need your faith. And when you run out the doors, it's speaking and declaring that I don't care if you go to hell. I don't care if you respond. I don't care if I pray for you. I just want out because I'm hungry. But God says, stay in line and be praying saints. Because someone's eternity is in the balance. Someone who is not connected can get reconnected. Someone that has a, a, a breakthrough that needs to come in their life can receive as we come to the altar, as we come to this moment right now. That's the reason that we stay in line. There's a harvest. There is a harvest. And because of everything he's done for us, I don't know about you, but I've blown it big time. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his love. And I'm going to do everything on my part and what I can to stop someone from going to hell. Because last time I checked, eternity is a long time. It's power heads. I want to give you the greatest opportunity that there is to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. It's a simple decision, but the impact of this decision affects your eternity. What will you do with Jesus Christ? He loves you so much. And there is... There is a line, it's called a, a family line, that God wants to get you across. He wants you to get this across this line. And across this line is coming to Jesus and making him Lord. And what happens? You cross the family line and you become a part of the family of God. You become a son and daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God's family. And you can cross that line right now. It's a decision from your heart. You say yes to Jesus. I accept your sacrifice. I'll follow you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. None of us are. But he loves you.
and he paid the price and you can run to him even in your imperfection and receive mercy and receive love and receive his grace. If every head bowed, no one looking around, you say, I need Jesus today. Won't you lift your hand? Or you say, I'm coming back to the Lord today. And you can restore that fellowship. Or you're saying, today, I'm going to be in line for someone else. I'm going to take the Great Commission, which is not a great suggestion, the Great Commission, a great commandment, our mission, I'm going to take it seriously. That's you. I want you to lift your hand for any of these. Yes. Any others? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For all these hands that are raised, Lord. Thank you for your love, your strength, your anointing, your grace. Let's all say this together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying for me, paying the price for my sins. I ask you into my heart, into my life. I'll live for you all the days of my life. And I thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray for that, that conviction of your spirit. I, I pray for those decisions that were made to stand in line for others, not to be selfish, not to be thinking only about your own self, but to get beyond the borders of your own life in your own comfort zone and live for the cause of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing and strength is there for each to fulfill it because it's your will. It's your plan. And we know that it's already blessed and we get in on it in Jesus' name. And we give you thanks and honor and glory. And everyone said, amen. Let's stand up. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.